Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today, we're talking with Dr. Evan Anderson of Anishaw Children's Institute in Dalton. Thank you today for joining us, Dr. Anderson. Always a pleasure to be here. Dr. Anderson is a child psychologist at Anishaw Children's Institute, located at 1201 Burleson Road, right behind Hamilton Medical Center in Dalton, Georgia. He specializes in the treatment of anxiety, psychological assessment of children, and behavioral management. He also provides parent-child interactive therapy and parental guidance for behavioral management. He graduated from the University of Central Arkansas with a Ph.D. in counseling psychology and completed his internship in pediatric child clinical psychology at the University of Texas at Austin. Dr. Anderson, can you tell us about Anishaw Children's Institute? I would love to. Our institute serves children uh, ages birth to age 11 who experience challenges and developmental delays. Uh, the team includes me, uh, two developmental behavioral pediatricians, uh, physical, occupational, uh, speech and feeding and music therapists, uh, behavior analysis, and uh, just a whole other uh, group of very dedicated professionals. The therapies there include physical therapy and occupational therapy, speech and feeding, psychological services include individual counseling, family counseling, and uh, general behavioral support um, that might be needed. Cognitive, psychological, and developmental evaluations are conducted at the Institute to ensure the assessment of each child's individual skill set and to identify appropriate therapy services to maximize the child's development. A treatment navigator supports families through the diagnostic and treatment processes, so it's a, it's a really great place that's geared towards helping children thrive. Dr. Anderson, that's wonderful that all this is available to families right here in our community. Today we're going to be talking about how to manage tantrums. That's right. Now why do kids engage in a tantrum? I think, you know, I guess the the first thing to say is that every kid tantrums for different reasons, but there are underlying commonalities. And um, I think first and foremost, all parents, all caregivers need to look at tantrums for what it is, which is a form of communication. It is an inappropriate form of communication. It is not one that we accept but it is a form of communication. And so we need to understand that they are trying to tell us something in that moment. And one of our jobs as a caregiver is to teach them how to express those feelings differently. Now, that's not going to happen in the moment, but no, but no, that's, no. that's something we need to keep in the back of our head. But while there are millions of reasons why kids might tantrum, specifically, uh, we can kind of file it under two basic areas. And one is that when kids are just feeling so overwhelmed, they could be just at the the end of their tether after a long day and they, they just don't have the capacity to hold back their big emotions anymore. Um, a lot of times parents extreme, uh, experience very extreme tantrums when schools don't because kids are, feel more comfortable expressing themselves around a trusted adult like a parent. Um, and so in that instance, we would need to help them relax. But then also kids tantrum when they're trying to get their way. When they don't like the way something is going, they get angry, they make a, a big scene, and they notice that, hey, you know what, if I have a big enough reaction, sometimes my, my parents' minds change and, and I get what I want. And so um, one of the things that we need to do is determine which it is because you deal with those very differently. If you need to help your child relax, then, uh, then you need to help your child relax. If they're trying to get their way, well, don't try to help them relax. You need to, <laughs> you need to let them know that that's not acceptable. Yeah, I was going to say, for parents, when a kid throws a tantrum, 
or I'm speaking as a parent, I would never give in and get them. If they're, if they're throwing a, transfer for, a tantrum for a toy or something, I would never give them that. Yeah. I don't want to encourage them to do that the next time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, I think one of the things that surprises parents is ways that they accidentally give in um, so that they, they don't give them what they want, but they also give the child all of their attention, which is okay, you need to stop that right now. You know, they talk to them while they're tantruming. And again, this is a form of communication. When we talk to them, when we are paying attention to them when they're tantruming, we are acknowledging that, yes, this is a valid form of communication and you can feel free to try this again in the future. And so it's really difficult to to deal with that because the main way that we do that is by ignoring it. And um, ignoring a behavior is about one of the hardest things you can do as a parent, um, especially when they're big behaviors like a tantrum. When when the child is trying to convey this message that, ooh, I'm, I'm so upset I can't handle it. And, you know, sometimes kids will say things like, you don't love me when you're, you're not paying right. attention. But, right. but we really need to invalidate it as a form of communication and teach them that um, there are other ways of getting your attention. And that's the one thing I encourage parents to say when their tantrum is is happening is just to check in every 30 seconds and say, hey, when you're ready to talk to me, I'm ready to help you. Well, those are good things for parents to do, but what are some of the common mistakes that parents might make if they have a child who is throwing a tantrum? Yeah, well, the first one is you certainly uh, mentioned, which is giving in. Sometimes uh, parents will indeed give in. They've they've had a long day too, and they just don't have the time or the patience to fight it. They kind of just cut their losses, and that will happen sometimes, and you need to give yourself a break for that. But um, you need to you need to win more than you lose. But also on that subject, they, they choose way too many battles. A lot of parents try to fight every battle that comes along and they start losing and they start to get stressed and it starts to spin out of control. And so I often encourage parents who are struggling with kids who are tantruming to, to just pick one, maybe two areas to really focus on to win 100% of the time and then to just let the other things go not forever but just but just for that for that time being and and in that way you can really save your energy save your patience for for those times when you need it and you can start to establish a pattern with your child that hey this is not how you communicate with me this is not how you get your way another thing that parents do is they allow their child to see that the tantrum is getting to them. Um, we often respond in kind with our own tantrum where we, where our, our voice gets louder and maybe we start to make threats and the child then knows that, oh, this is actually working. <laughs> um, one of the things that we need to do during tantrums is to remain completely neutral, which I know is way easier said than done, but that is by far probably the best thing that we can do when a child is tantruming is staying calm and staying neutral and letting them know that the emotional response they're trying to elicit isn't what they're going to get. That is tough sometimes when you have a child that you love as much as you do and you're with them every day and they throw a tantrum. It's hard for you I'm not speaking for myself, not to get upset and not throw a tantrum too, but you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's hard to ignore that. Yeah, it really is because a lot of times it's embarrassing you as a parent. Um, even even if it's in your own home, you're just thinking this is so unacceptable right now and they need to understand that. And so you panic and you, you get loud right back with them and we all fall into that trap. Well, you know, you said something about being at home. What about in public? What are, <clears throat> what are some of the things, is there anything that we can do to manage these outbursts when we're 
are out in public with our kids. Yeah, so this battle starts in the home. Once you start to help the child understand that this in no way, shape, or form is appropriate at home when you're in full control of the situation, it can help it generalize to the public. Um, But things that can help um, out in public is to uh, let your child know the expectations before you walk into a store. Um, We call, I call that giving a pre-flight. So Mm -hmm. you can review the rules. Um, Sometimes you can give them little assignments. You can say, hey, can you be the person that puts things in the cart? Can you um, maybe help me count um, all of the items we get? Just whatever it might be. You can also give them something to look forward to. You can allow them to choose a place to go. Um, if you're out in public, you can before before you go in, you can say, hey, when we're done with this, would you like to go to the pet store or something to look at the puppies, whatever it might be. Give them something to look forward to. Also, I think you can also use things like time out while you're in public. Don't be afraid to you know pick them up and help them take a break, um, whether you need to go outside and wait out front or you know take them to the back area where the bathrooms are, whatever it might be, and give them a chance to calm down. Let them know that you're not going to allow them to make a spectacle in public and that you're not afraid to to leave your cart for a little bit and deal with that situation. Boundaries need to be in place in public as well. And as a parent, if we allow ourselves the option to leave the store, we'll find that you don't have to leave the store very often because kids pick up on that. And a little trick of the trade that I that I picked up over the, the years is, you know, you gave the example of when a child asks for a toy or some candy in the store, which is a very common situation. Mm-hmm. I hear a lot of kids say, or a lot of parents say, you know, we're, we're not going to do that today, which is a fine response. But what the kid hears is, oh, you know what? Mom and dad, they don't understand how important this is to me. They don't understand how cool it is. And if they did then they would let me have it. And that's where the tantrum comes from. But a lot of times if you just say, whoa, that would be cool to have that, but not today. Even that just little reframe there is enough for kids to usually move past it. Or if you say, maybe that's something we could put on our Christmas list and just deflect the situation a little bit. But uh, there are there are a lot of strategies, but I find preparing the child for the expectations beforehand um, is, is the best way to go. Well, now what about age? Should we be considered about... The age of a child, as the child gets older, still throwing tantrums. Is that something that uh, I would, I mean, I would think that a child would throw a tantrum at seven, eight, nine years old, but should we be concerned if they get older and continue? Well, absolutely. We we really want them to start um, shifting more towards uh, calm verbal communication. And, uh, you know, I, I would think really, really around age seven, they should really be done with it. Good. Um, Good. And it's, uh, if it's, if it's persisting past then, um, I guess maybe one every once in a while. It wouldn't be too bad, but um, yeah, at some point you want uh, you want to start shifting towards calm verbal communication. Well, you talk about calm communication. That is so important because it, as as you have preached to us for so many times. And by the way, thank you for being on the show as many times as you have. Yeah. Uh, you talk about you know you got to be calm at home. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting. Brains. Everybody's brain has what's called uh, mirror neurons, and they they specialize in modeling behaviors. And mimicking behaviors. And so a lot of times how kids emotionally respond to things is actually just a model of what they've seen. And so as as with so many of these uh, issues in childhood, we can look inwards <laughs> to find some, some sources for the behavior. But that's good news too, because that means that we can also easily change it because we can control our reactions, which then they will see and they will make adjustments accordingly. Well, good. Well, I'm glad. It's always good to have a good environment at home. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you joining us today, Dr. Anderson. 
Anderson, if you could say anything about tantrums as we wrap up, you know, what advice would you give? You know, as, as silly as it sounds, um, I would say treat it almost like a game. When the, when a child starts to tantrum, that's when your game starts. Your game is to be as calm as possible. No matter what they throw at you, your job is to stay calm and uh, and try to model uh, an ice calm demeanor for them. That'll give you a lot of uh, mileage. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Anderson. For more information about Anishal Children's Institute, call 706-226-8900 or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash children. For an appointment at the Institute, please ask your child's pediatrician for a referral. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illnesses or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. 